Father, we thank you for the songs that have been sung, the prayers that have been prayed, the opportunity to worship and giving. And now as we look into the word, we ask that it will fall upon the good soul of our heart and that we will grow thereby. We thank you and we honor you for it all. In your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 We are into a brand new series entitled On the Run. I just want to start this off with saying that this is one of those messages that will hit every single one of us because we have all gone through these types of situations. The whole scope of these next four weeks of messages is to look at different aspects of folks that have taken off and gone in a different direction because of incident that happened in their lives. In this very first episode, we are going to walk along Peter. He's the passionate disciple of Jesus as he faces the consequences of having denied his Lord. And as we look through Peter's story, we're going to witness the incredible pursuit of God's love and the power of redemption. We'll discover how God transforms Peter's brokenness into a catalyst for a powerful ministry, reminding us that no matter how far we may have strayed, God's grace can bring us back and set us on a path of restoration. Restoration, I'm sorry. And we got a bunch of scriptures today, so get ready. We're going to, because I got I to set this up just right. First scripture that we're going to be jumping into in a minute is going to be Psalms 139, just so you'll know, and then we'll be jumping over to the New Testament, okay? So as we look at this situation, the subtitle that I came up with on this one is called Redemption's Resurgence. Redemption's Resurgence. And so our definitions, our first definition is run. Run is to move in a hurry. Is that simple enough? Run, to move in a hurry. That, that, that word run has been made famous in a movie called Forrest Gump. And if you remember in that situation, he was getting rocks thrown at him. And the young lady, I can't think of her name right now, said, run, Forrest, run. And fours went to run, to move in a hurry. Our second definition is redemption. Redemption is deliverance from bondage, distress, or from liability to any evil or fortitude, either by money, labor, or other means. And then the last one is resurgence. Resurgence is a rising again into life, activity or prominence let's jump into this journey of Peter our standing scripture for all four of these episodes is going to be Psalms 139 verses 7 through 12 in the English Standard Version and it says here where shall I go from your spirit or where shall I flee from your presence if I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. 
If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me and the light about me be night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is as bright as the day, for darkness is as light with you. Let's jump into Peter's story. Let's, we're going to look at Luke, the 22nd chapter, to start off. 31 through 38, and it says, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan demanded to have you, that he might sift you like wheat. But I prayed for you that your faith may not fail, and when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. Peter said to him, Lord, I'm ready to go with you both to prison and to death. Mm -hmm. Jesus said, I tell you, Peter, the rooster will not crow this day until you deny three times that you know me. Mm -hmm. And he said to them, when I sent you out with no money bag or knapsack or sandals, did you lack anything? They said, nothing. Mm -hmm. He said to them, but now let the one who has a money bag take it and likewise a knapsack. And let the one who has no sword send his cloak and buy one. For I tell you that scripture must be fulfilled in me. And he was numbered with the transgressors. For what is written about me has its fulfillment. And they said, look, Lord. They ain't even catching. And they said, look, Lord, here are two swords. And he said, it's enough. They ain't catching anything. Let's jump down to the 54th verse in, in, in Luke 22. The 54th verse. And they're talking about Jesus. Then they seized him and led him away bringing him into the high priest's house, and Peter was following at a distance. And when they had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat there together, Peter sat down among them. Then a servant girl, seeing him as he sat in the light and looking closely at him, said, This man also was with him. Little girl, shut your mouth. But he denied it, saying, Woman, I do not know him. And a little later, someone else saw him and said, You are one of them. And Peter said, Man, I am not. And after an interview, uh, interval of about an hour, still another insisted, saying, Certainly, this man also was with him, for he too is a Galilean. But Peter said, Man, I don't know what you're talking about. And immediately while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. And the Lord turned and looked at Peter. And Peter remembered the saying of the Lord, how he said to him before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. Let's jump over to, to the baby disciple, John, his gospel. The 21st chapter. Starting at verse number 15. When they had finished the breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you Love me more than these? He said, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. He said it to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, son, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you are old, 
You will stretch out your hands, and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. This he, showed, this he said to show by what kind of death he was to glorify God. And at the saying this, he said to him, follow me. Peter turned and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following them, the one who also had leaned back against him during the supper and had said, Lord, who is it that's going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he said to Jesus, Lord, what about this man? Jesus said to him, if it is my will that he will remain until I come, what is that to you? You follow me. So the saying spread among the brothers that the disciple was not to die. Yet Jesus did not say to him that he was not to die. But if it is my will that he remain until I come, what is that to you? This is the disciple who bear witness about these things and who has written these things. And we know that his testimony is true. Now there are many other things that Jesus did where every one of them to be written. I suppose the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. Father, we thank you for your word. We ask that it will resonate in our hearts, our minds, and our spirit. In Jesus' name. Let's look at this young whippersnapper by the name of Peter. Peter, we know, was a proud fisherman. He was a self-confident individual who sometimes his synapse between his tongue and his brain would not connect properly and he would say things that were considered by some out of turn and others that he just talked totally too much. Peter also was the one that received divine revelation from Holy Spirit and knew that Jesus was the Son of God. In fact, Jesus said that no one could have revealed that to you except for my Father in heaven. And Peter, I think, got a little bit of pride locked in. And later when Jesus told him that he had to die, Peter said, you ain't dying. Because he had, he had revelation. So Peter was telling him he ain't dying. So Jesus had to say, get behind me, Satan. I think that hurt Peter's little feeling for a minute. But as we look at this situation, Peter wanting and loving the Lord so much and wanting to do what is right came to a situation that he believed he would not come into. He told Jesus that I'll never deny you. I'll never do that. And Jesus said, you're going to do it today. In fact, you're going to do it before the first call of the morning when the rooster crowed. And we discovered that Peter did exactly as Jesus said. And it just happened to happen that as he did it the third time of denying that he knew Jesus, that Jesus walked outside and made eye contact with Peter. Now Peter was trying to hang on. All the other disciples that took off and ran off and were hiding because Jesus had been captured. Peter, if you remember, was the one that pulled out a sword and cut off the servant. Peter was like, I'm going to be the leader and I'm going to leave. 
He said, I'm going to be there for Jesus. I'm going to get his clothes. And when it came time for him to stand up, he fell down. But the funny thing about this is, Peter didn't let it take him out. He didn't let it stop him from doing what he needed to do. And what did he need to do? He needed to go take care of his family. So he went back to fishing. And as they were out there fishing, the man said, have you caught anything that was on the shore? And they said, no. And he said, well, cast the net on the other side. And when they cast the net on the other side, they got so much fish that they had to call other boat over to help them bring the fish in. And as soon as that happened, Peter said, it has to be the Lord. And he jumps out the boat, swims to the shore, forgot about the fish, just left everybody else to handle the fish because he went to see the Lord. Now, think about this. Peter knows that he denied the Lord, that he did the Lord wrong. He abandoned the Lord at what seemed to be his worst moment. But when he saw the Lord on the shore, he ran and went to the Lord as if, Nothing happened. He ran and he looked and sometimes we run away from things that the Lord is trying to do for us and he's standing right there still waiting for us on the shore saying, I'm still waiting. And you just, sometimes you just got to jump in that water and get to the Lord as fast as you can. And sometimes we also try to Look like we forgot what we said and like we want to continue life on. But Jesus had to help him to become redeemed from what it was that he said. And he asked him, do you love me? And he said, Lord, you know I love you. He said, well, then you need to take care of the people. He said, do you love me? And Peter said, Lord, you know I love you. He said, you got to take care of the people. He asked him a third time, now Peter getting mad. And see, sometimes when the Lord is trying to work redemption out in us, he's got to go against us and, and, and kind of put some little pressure on us so that we can really look at the intent of our heart. We have to get past the, oh, it's in the past. We know it's a saying that Yolanda and I had. That the perpetrator is already always ready to move on. Mm -hmm. But there's some things that need to be redeemed in the situation. There's some conversation that needs to be had before we can move on. See, Peter thought everything was good because Jesus was talking to him. But Jesus said, no, you need to get your love focused correct before you can move on and go forward. And so as Peter was trying to run, he was trying to avoid the confrontation of knowing Jesus. There was something in him that was causing this problem with, I don't want the people to be upset with me, but simultaneously I got to be with Jesus. And it just caused this turmoil within him. And Jesus had to come in and resolve that turmoil that was within him. So we see that Peter was in here, looked, looked like he deliberately was trying to betray Jesus. And in fact, he betrayed him because he did it three times. I remember 
I heard the expression that the first time is an accident, the second time is a habit. And so we have to look at how Peter went into this. And even him being in the courtyard at the time shows that Peter had a little bit of courage going on, but it also can show that he was just so scared. He said, if I hide among the people, maybe they won't notice that I'm here. But then when he got called out, he had to play it off and say, I don't know who you're talking about. And the little girl, you know them little kids, they don't be having no filters. She said, hey, he want up. And he had, no, no. And it will, God will use the littlest of things, something that will call you out and cause you to feel like I got to get I can't get out, but I got, I got to do something. So Peter was on the run in that he was trying not to be seen, but to be able to see. And guess what? He was seen. And so his only way out of being seen is to deny what they were saying that he was there to see. <laughs> I don't even know the man. Who you talking about? I told you, I don't know the man. We get ourselves into situations whereby we have to act like a different person than we know that we are because we're concerned about what the people will say because of where we are. That we will have to maneuver ourselves, that we have to set ourselves up for what we perceive will be success in the situation. But I just want to come by, I just want to encourage you and let you know that the furthest you can run, God's already there. The highest that you can jump, God's already there. The deepest tunnel that you can dig, God's already there. Somebody said, I, I feel lower than the underbelly of the snake on the ground. God is there. I feel so low that I could jump up on top of a dime. God is there. No matter where you are, no matter how crazy the situation is, even to the point where you have denied your redemption in order to save face with people. Jesus can turn that whole situation around and set you off on a new course and encourage you to go to where he has called for you to go. God is even working in what we would consider to be a betrayal. God is working something in Peter. I'm thinking Peter is walking away. After he heard the cockroach and said he, he walked away bitterly and he was weeping. He was crying. But why are you crying, Peter, when Jesus already told you he was going to do this? Why are you crying? Are you crying because Jesus was right? Or are you crying because Jesus was right? That he called you out before you could even say anything else. And 
Sometimes when we know that we have betrayed Jesus, when we know that we have done things that, have, that does not bring glory to God, and, and we all do that sometimes, we're not just going to blame Peter. We all do that. We all get ourselves in situations where we might say, Jesus who? And that can be difficult because if we look at Judas and we look at Peter, we see that both of them betrayed, but one took it into his own hands and he decided that he was so uh, so uh, despondent about it, he killed himself. The other one went and, and continued to work and got redeemed back into position. That he changed the whole course of how things were. We see how Jesus had even had to tell Peter, he said, Peter, he said, listen, listen, listen. The devil already got you in his crosshairs, my friend. He says, because he wants to take you like a piece of wheat and just put you up in the wind and just let you fall apart and, and be apart. And, and he just wants to, and he says, but I've already prayed for you. That your faith will not fail you. And guess what? In Peter's eyes, his faith failed. But when the time came and he saw Jesus again, he didn't run away like some of us do. Right? And we're so ashamed that we say, oh, I'm going to just lay down here in the boat and hope that he's gone by the time we get to the shore. Peter jumped out the boat, swam to the shore, and said, hey, Jesus. And so it's, it, it, it's, 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 it's as if that Jesus was saying, listen, the devil's already got you in the sights. The devil's already trying to get you to fall. Because, but guess what? I've already prayed for you that your faith fail you. Now, now listen to this. He didn't say that you was going to overcome this. He said that your faith fails you not. So even though I betrayed God, I still trust God and when the redemption time came, he was able to receive it. The enemy desires here, the devil wants you to not only give up, he wants you to turn away. Because if you give up and turn away, he can defeat you. But if you Give up for a moment and then get some refreshment. You can just go ahead and get redeemed and continue on the journey. So he got it. He got Peter with the one, two, three, but he couldn't knock him out because Peter got over to the corner in time to hear that Jesus said, "We got another round, baby. Let's go ahead and get this done." And so we see that as, as Peter is going through this journey, and he's sitting there and talking through the Lord. The Lord is commissioning him to say, dude, you're going to lead this. And where we get the resurgence of redemption is Jesus redeemed him on the cross, 
But Peter felt that he was unredeemable because of the denial. But Jesus had to come aside and provide a, a resurgence in him that he was redeemed by the blood of the Lamb because he said, feed my sheep. Yes. Feed them. Because if you love me, that is what my desire is. I need you to do what God has purposed you on this earth to do, Peter. And to do that, you have to know that I am with you. Reminds me of when Daniel prayed and he got to the 21st day and said, I'm feeling tired. And he said, as I was sitting there feeling tired because I kept praying and praying and praying, that the angel of the Lord came to me and said, we heard you when you first dispatched it, but we were having some wars in the heavenlies because of what you prayed. And I even had to call the archangel in in order to help me because it was such a battle. But we want to let you know that your prayers have been heard. Sometimes we may slip and sometimes we may get weak, but the answer is on the way. Redemption is resurging back into us. Pushing us back into the right position when we come and go to the God of our salvation. Yes, yes. Thank you, God. Yes. One of my favorite movies is Tombstone. Tombstone is a movie about supposed to be about wider but to me the movie is about Doc Holliday. Okay. Doc Holliday in the movie Tombstone to me took the made the whole show. And the part that stands out about me <laughs> about yeah to me was that if Wyatt Earp, Doc Holliday, and some others are chasing down members of the Cowboys gang. And following a moment of, of where Wyatt goes out there and does some crazy things, they talk about the intensity of Wyatt and what he's doing. And Doc, and it's funny, because the guy says, he says, Doc Holliday says, he says, uh, Doc says, Wyatt Earp is my friend. And the guy he's talking to says, I got many friends. Doc Holliday says, well, I don't. <laughs> and to me, that is how Jesus is with us. That Jesus is there with us, even when we do crazy stuff, he's with us. He is our friend. He is our friend to the end. He is the friend, the, 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 the saying that we used to have back in the day, as our ride or die. He's with us. You jumping in the car, he's jumping in the car. He's with us. And he wanted to tell Peter, Peter, you slipped a little bit. You fell. You scraped your knee, your back. You got scraped up pretty good. But guess what? I'm still here with you. 
I, I need to cause this redemptive power to resurge with back within you. And you can tell that Peter Peter got the resurgence because it says as he was walking, he he he, he felt good and he said, "Well, I, I feel like I've been redeemed. I feel like I got the power back in me to to go and do what I was called to do." And he said, "Well, Jesus, what about John?" Jesus said, "Boy, get, get, you know, like the little girl said, worry about yourself." But it brings out the fact that Peter was resurged back into the redemptive process after he felt that he betrayed the Lord himself. Yeah. Yeah. Peter had to get in his mind before he started on this journey, before he was to lead this, this band of, 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 of misfits, this, this land of misfit toys, before he was to lead them, he had to understand that no matter what What's going to happen in front of him? Jesus was greater. Jesus was stronger. That Jesus had victory over whatever Peter was getting ready to go through. And he had to grab hold of that to the point that he would know that God had him in every situation. Because when Peter got scared, he went the path that was away from Jesus. He ran from Jesus. He told the little girl, I don't know what you're talking about. He told the man, I don't know what you're talking about. And in some version it says that he cursed at the third man and said, I don't know what you're talking about. But fear make you say some things that you wouldn't say usually. But even though Jesus had warned him ahead of time, he still got caught up in fear. And in the same way, God tells us that we're going to have obstacles. We're going to have trials. We're going to have tribulations. But don't worry about it because greater is he that is within us than he that is in the world. Amen. And even if we do fall, Jesus has already prayed for us. And then we can just go to God, ask for forgiveness. He will redeem us. He will resurge the redemptive power back into us so that we can go and do what he has done for this, done for us. And that he will continue to use us for his glory and our good. I don't wish that anybody had to go through what Peter went through in order to validate his leadership of the way. But I do hope that you have learned today that as you're going through that Jesus is always there. Even in the midst of your most fearful situation, even in the darkest moment, as you heard David said, in the darkness, dark as light to Jesus. When you think you're in your lowest low and you say, Jesus, you say, yes, he's there. Even when you can, you put your hand in uh, an inch in front of your face and cannot see your hand. If you just call yes. Jesus, yes. he'll answer yes. 
You cannot go anywhere away from him. He's with you. He has prayed for you. He has did everything. And then the, 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 the most significant thing is he prayed for us. And the Bible says that he's at the right hand of the Father even right now advocating for you. Saying, Father, look at them. Look at them. They're being victorious. They're slipping. They slipped out. But look, they asked for forgiveness. God redeemed them even now. You know what? It's a, it's a win-win situation because of what Jesus has done for us. And I just want to let you know that even in the, the midst of you having what you think is your greatest fall, your greatest failure, your, Jesus is there to be willing to redeem you and put you in the position that God has foretold of you before you were even born, before you even came to this earth. He's there. He just needs you to acknowledge him. The Bible says if you acknowledge him in your ways, he'll direct your path. So I just want to encourage you today. This, this is, as I said, we've all gotten to situations where we know we could have said something else, but we said the thing that we thought was going to get us their approval. In fact, I got one more thing and I'm going to leave it alone because I just feel like beating up on Peter today because he's a good example. Paul said that him and Peter was visiting with some Gentiles and they was having a really, really good time. And Peter, when some Jews showed up, Peter left the Gentiles and went and hung out with the Jews, act like he didn't even know the, the Gentile Christians. Paul said, you know what? I need to go talk to that brother. And he went and talked to him and corrected him because it showed that Peter, even though he was the leader, he still had some frailties. He still had some shortcomings. But the one thing about Peter, once you let him know, he didn't try to be like he was the big boss. He would go ahead and say, you're right, I need to be corrected. And he would run on with the correction. And so what we need to point out from that is just the whisper I just heard because I was getting there, but they jumped ahead of me, is that, yes, even leaders need correction sometimes. Sometimes. A lot of times, but they need it. So we want to encourage you today that if you have denied, if you feel that you have showed fear at a time that you should have shown faith, that God is there to not only redeem you, but cause a resurgence in it, an empowering of it, a, 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 a pushing of your redemptive power that you received when Jesus died for you, so that your redemption is back prominent into your life, so that you can operate in the power of being set free and redeemed. And with that being said, if you do not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, we got a complication here. Because inadvertently, you are denying what he has done for you, even though you don't acknowledge what he's done for you. And I want you to understand that he has given and provided us a gift. A gift that keeps on giving throughout all eternity. The Bible says it like this. It says the wages of sin is death. 
The result of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So the gift of God is Jesus Christ, and he has provided an opportunity for you to connect, to become a part of the kingdom of heaven just by you professing your faith in what Jesus has done for you. The Bible says it like this. It says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. It says, for with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. What all that means is, once you are convinced that Jesus has, is a gift for you, and you accept that gift, that he will begin to cause a transformation in your life. Because it says, for everyone that calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And saved is an indication of rescued. Saved is an indication of delivered from the penalty of sin, which is death. Now, you heard all that and now you say, well, what do I need to do? All you have to do is confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, but... I know there's so many more questions you might have, so we don't want to leave you hanging with your questions. We want to connect with you. We want to come alongside you because we say this is not an individual event, but it's a team sport. We'll come alongside you no matter where you are in the world and assist you along this journey. In order for us to do that, we need to get some information from you. So you can email us at info at godshousecc.com. That's info at godshousecc.com. And we will respond back and begin a dialogue with you to assist you along the journey. If you don't want to email, you can text us at 864-920-0100. And we will respond and text and we will get you going into the right direction. Well, friends and family, that's our first episode in the books. We're done with Peter. We're getting ready to go into Elijah next week and talk about Elijah as we close out Mental Health Awareness Month. We chose Elijah just for that reason because we'll talk about it next week and I'll let you know. All right? Until next week, God's blessings be upon you in Jesus' name.